welcome to My Life, My Choice, coming to you live from Las Vegas, Nevada. My name is Dr. Wendy Dearborn, and today is Wednesday the, where are we? Wednesday the 13th of June, 2018, and the hour is 1 p.m. And once again, my name is Dr. Wendy Dearborn, so welcome, welcome to the show. You are live with me on My Life, My Choice. So guys, this show really, it's all about me, it's all about you, it's all about us creating the lives that we want to live, using the power of our conscious choice to get there, and the power of our conscious awareness of the choices that we are making. Because as you know, for those of you who have listened to the show and and or are new to the show, this truly is about the first universal law of attraction, and that is the law of choice. Everything that you do in life is predicated on you making a choice. And that's also not making a choice as well. It's all, it's all choice. Nothing happens in your life without you first making a choice. And so really and truly, this is what this show is all about. And as I said, you know, it's about the first law in the laws of attraction. That's the other thing. For those of you who are interested in the laws of attraction... It isn't the law of attraction. It's the laws of attraction. And so, guys, um, once again, welcome, welcome to the show. I'm flying solo today. I'm without my uh, co-host, which is, or who is, Olivia Lashley. So she will be unable to join us today. So that being said, how do we help people, the people we love, get through hard times in life? And that's hard times in their life. And, of course, Subsequently, it can roll down to hard times in your life. So, as I have said in the synopsis here, in life, we want our loved ones to be happy. We want our loved ones to be whole. We want them to be capable. And, you know, we want to see them as complete. We want to see them healthy. We want to see them wealthy, wise. And living a life that is a pure joy or living a life that's a pure joy to behold. And it's really inspiring that we are a part of that joy as we as we um, see it, you know, it's working right. However, guys, in the real world, it can be gut-wrenching. It can be gut-wrenching and it can be painful. It can be gut-wrenching as we watch their lives, our loved ones and other people's, other countries, however you want to, you know, fit this in, but it can be gut-wrenching as we watch other people's lives unfold, and we see, that we see it unfold as in one crisis after another. You see, wanting what you want for them, and or for me, what I want for them, so wanting what we want for them, and trying to make them do our bidding, our wanting, no matter how forcefully you know, we can come down pretty hard on people. You know, we, we, we can do the um, the blackmail thing and the, the, the anger thing. So no matter how forceful or how gently we put it across, this usually leads, not all the time, but this usually leads to the dissolution of relationships and friendships. It leads to the breakup of or the the breaking down of a relationship. 
and this again, it can it can be a familiar relationship. This could be your kids, and that's an iconic one. This this, this could be your kids. It could be your spouse. It could be anyone. It leads to the the dissolution of of relationships, and that can be hard. And so, guys, the bottom line to this is, I can't want something that I deem is in your best interest for you to happen in your life, and I have I I, I cannot even expect it to happen if you and or they, whomever we're talking about, don't want the same thing too. You see, whoever it is, they must want it the same too. They have to want it. You must want it. Whatever it is, the person and or you, if it if this is applicable to you, the other way around, you know, somebody trying to help you through the hard times in life, you must want what they want for you too. Now, one of the things that I know is a bona fide fact out there is you can ask any parent if this is true. You can want whatever it is that you want for your children or any guardian, any auntie, anybody, any grandparent. You, you can want whatever it is that you want for your child or your children or your people or your country. But you ask your parent and, and they'll tell you. More often than not, it, no, it, it doesn't happen. And then what happens, you have to sit on the sideline and you watch it unfold and you watch this gut-wrenching thing unfold. You know, we spend, we spend an enormous amount of time, an enormous amount of time coaxing, cajoling, pleading, yes, blackmailing, that's emotional blackmail and or otherwise, bargaining, all the things, the, 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 the praying, the this, the that, you know, the talking to God. We spend an enormous amount of time doing this. We do, we really do. And we do this, and we're doing this for the people that we love. We say we're doing this for the people that we love. And we're doing this so that they will do what I call my supposed or your supposed right thinking bidding. So they're going to do what it is that you want them to do because you want them to be happy in the way that you want them to be happy. Not knowing that's not how it goes. And why? Because we feel based on our personal experiences, our life experiences, and the knowledge of the person that we have, we think that we know what's best for them, and the reality is we don't. It's a sad reality, but we don't. We don't know what's best for someone, even our loved ones. And even if we think we do, and the ironic turn of events comes to pass that, oh, yeah, I thought that would go down that way. I told you it would go down that way. Even then, we don't really know them. We don't really know And guys, we don't know because each one of us, each one of us on the face of this planet is here on a unique journey. It's our and or their, but I'll use it, it's our individual journey. Because this page in the book of a life that has been given to me by the divine, this 
page in the book of life belongs to me. It belongs to you. It belongs to them. Only to them. Only to you. Only to me. This page is mine. And this page has, by the divine, been allocated to you. Everybody has a page in, a page in the book of life. Everybody. It's my personal belief that if you do not have a page in the book of life, or the page is removed, you cease to exist. You, cease, you go back into that energetic stream and your energy is divided up you know, across across the, the, the whatever it is, the expanses, you cease to exist as the energy stream that you are now. You see, that page has been allocated to you. And this, in truth and honesty, this is a whole show by itself, you know, your book of life. And that, that page has been allocated to you and only you. And as such, you are the creative writer of the text that goes into the book. You're the creative writer. So, guys, the key to helping someone isn't so much about telling them what to do as it is how you show up in their life. You see, how you show up in their life will be indicative of how they're going to respond to life. So, again, how you show up in life to them how you present yourself to them is going to be indicative of how they respond. I've said this on this show all the time when I talk to the women at Shade Tree. I I say this all the time. The only person that you can control is yourself. You can't control anybody else. You absolutely cannot control anybody else because if you did, shows like this, would be obsolete. They'd be unnecessary. If you did, places like the Shade Tree, which I speak at every Wednesday, every Tuesday, uh, for battered, uh, displaced, and abused women, uh, etc., places like Shade Tree, you know, they wouldn't need to exist. You can't control anybody. Most people have a hard enough time controlling themselves. Most people have a hard enough time actually knowing what they need to do for self in order for their life to unfold and manifest the way in which they want it. So thinking that you can help other people get through their hard times by telling them what it is they must do is a fallacy. And one that I can personally say on, on um, a professional level I learned that quick, fast, and in a hurry, which is why I don't really counsel people anymore. I coach people. I don't counsel people anymore simply because when it goes wrong, and invariably it will go wrong, if they are not um, in tandem with it, if they're not believing it, if if it doesn't come from them and it will go wrong, they'll lay the blame at your feet. And I'll never forget you know, I'm at work one day and I had, I don't know, I had six clients or so. And out of the six, five came in and I can see this vividly in my mind. Five came in and they literally said to me, 
oh, you suggested that I do so-and-so, and I did it, and it didn't work. So now what do I do? And I was like, oh, my God. I don't want this responsibility. I don't want to do this. And I remember sitting, looking out the window, and I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to shut up shop. Even, even though I had, um, I don't know, maybe three years left on my, my lease, I mean, we could take care of that. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut up shop. And then as is the way in my life, when I ask for something specific, and I literally said, I don't know what to do, but I know what I don't want. I don't want this type of responsibility. I don't want to be telling people what to do. I don't want to come up with ideas to figure out how to fix somebody's life. I don't want to do that anymore. What I want to do is just help people understand what it is that they want. And the telephone rings. I'm sitting there and the telephone rings. The universal creator known to me as God. When you're clear and crystal clear, will move people, places, and things so you can have what you want, but you need clarity. But that's a whole other story. Where I was going with this is, you know, as, as we do want people to be happy, and I really do in, in, in my practice and what I do in my personal life with my family, uh, in my business life, you know, with my peeps like Shirley, my girl, my sister, my spirit sister, you know, I, I want people to be happy. That being said, I also recognize that they're whole and they're capable and they're complete. I also recognize that people, while they um, may need support, they don't need me to tell them what to do because everybody intrinsically knows what they want to do. Everybody intrinsically knows what they want to do. So how I show up in the relationship is really important. You know, the other day, uh, actually recently, and I think this is perhaps why this show has come about, people have been saying to me, you know, I don't know what to do. What should I do? And Or what do I think? And my clients will tell you. My clients will tell you. My family members, some of them for the most part, will tell, will tell you. I'll say to them what I think doesn't matter. It's what you think that counts. And that's the name of the game because people are going to make choices based on what they think, based on what they feel, based on what they see, based on what they hear. They are going to make choices based on all these sensory experiences that they have so that they can and they will make a choice that's in the best interest of self or according to them, is the best interest of self. You know, it's really hard, and I know this, guys. I, I know this. It's hard and it's painful. When you sit on the sidelines and you are watching somebody and you're saying to yourself, that train track is a train track to nowhere. That train track that they are on is a train track to nowhere. In actual fact, if I've not been mistaken, I can see that it's going to crash. That train, that train 
that engine is going to crash. I can see it. But yet still, no matter how, how, how many ways you say it, no matter what you do, no matter, you know, how much you cry, you beg, you plead, you argue, you try to strategize, you, you okay, all right, let's blah, 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 let's think about this, let's talk this through, no matter how much you do. Helping somebody to get through their perceived hard times, and the word here is perceived hard times, isn't about telling them what they did, what to do. It's about meeting them where they're at. And for us, that can be really hard. You see, because sometimes when we are looking from the outside in, sometimes, and I will own this, I'll give this, we have an aerial view. And that aerial view, I will say this, is definitely, um, uh, uh, I was going to say tarnished, but that's not the right word. It's definitely, it definitely has the bias of our own experiences, but we have an aerial view. You know, if we see from our aerial view that this tree is falling, and unless a gust of wind comes along or something, a divine intervention comes along, this tree is going to fall and hit the log cabin. From our area of view, we can see that. That being said, because our loved one may be in the cabin, doesn't mean that they're going to be squished beyond all recognition. Doesn't mean that they're going to break limbs. Doesn't mean that they're going to die. It doesn't mean all of that because we don't actually know. We don't know. We won't know the actual outcome or at least the physical outcome in this particular dimension until it actually happens. Once it actually happens and it becomes a bona fide fact, then we know. Wanting to help somebody is really, it's truly an admirable trait. Actually, it is part of our, not only our genetic makeup, our species makeup, our, it's part of our spiritual makeup. And I've spoken about this on on the show before it's part of our spiritual makeup because I truly do believe and I believe based on my experience um, having a near-death experience that we come here with soul clusters and soul clusters are people who are not just your physical family but they're your spiritual family they're your spiritual family there's a bond that transcends the flesh And this bond is a bond that is created in, um, I'm going to say, the celestial realms or the heavens or whatever term makes you feel comfortable. There's a bond. There's a bond. And this bond is your cluster. And this cluster are a group of people who, in this lifetime, you have a connection with. So as a result, We come from a spiritual place of a group setting. And in life, we definitely, definitely, uh, I I would say, um, are drawn to this thing that we need to be in a group. You see, in the physical realm, the group says, in, in in, in your physical life, the group says that you belong. 
in your spiritual life, you belong. So in, in the physical life, this means if you attach yourself to a group, you get that feeling, that sense of belonging. That feeling, that sense of belonging. And in, within that group, the desire, the desire for people to be happy, whatever that means to you, because that term's all relative, but the desire for people to be happy is innate, it's inherent, it's intrinsic to our spiritual DNA that has floated down or has become a part of our physical DNA. And so therefore, when people are going through issues, they're going through things, we actually have the desire, the true desire to fix it. Our desire to fix it. It, it, It's real. And so then we start looking for ways um, to fix what we think is wrong. But what we think is wrong, um, what we think is wrong is perhaps what somebody needs to get to where it is that we that they need to be. You know, in in order to understand that you are not bound by uh, how, how, how how shall I phrase this, guys? Let me. Okay. Now this 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 might sound really 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 harsh. Okay, and I'm going to use myself as um, an example. But in order for me to understand and appreciate that I am not bound by the constrictions or the constrictions that are put out in life by society, I'm not bound by my desire to... Uh, please people, because I used to bend myself into a pretzel until literally, and I mean literally, I start bit started eroding and falling off, and I mean literally. So in order for me to understand that I can make choice in the best interest of self, and in that, listen to what other people say, and take what I need from that, and hone it, and use it, and, you know, use what works for me but not necessarily what works for them, but use what works for me, I had to have a near-death experience. I had, I had to have that experience so that I could stand on my own two feet and be able to say yes and be able to say no and be able to say, you can't fix me. You can only support me in what I want. You can't make me do what I don't want to do. And again, we spend an enormous amount of time every day thinking about this, thinking about how we're going to get, you know, my spouse to, I don't know, complete his education, go for the promotion. How am I going to get my spouse to, I don't know, for her to uh, cook every day and do all the things that I think she should be doing as a housewife? How am I going to get my kids to understand the value of education and, and not, you know, 
play around wanting to, I don't know, create things like Michelangelo. Uh, Michael, yeah, Michelangelo. How am I going to... Um, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get people to understand? You know, if you if you eat this way, you're going to be unhealthy. Well, who said that? Who said that? This is your thinking. This is your thinking. One of the things that I've said on this show, and I really mean it, is don't become someone else's lie and or thought process about you. And so how I'm going to flip this script is don't try to make somebody become your thought process and or the lie that you have told yourself about them. It's so simple, guys. Ask them, what is it that they need? What is it that they need? What is the true help and support that they need. And sometimes, sometimes it's just as simple as for us, the ones who are the fixers, the ones who want to fix it, sometimes it's just as simple as being quiet. Being quiet. Shutting up and allowing them to speak. Sometimes it's just as simple as that. It's about being quiet and allowing them to speak. Our lives, our lives, as I started out saying, are based upon the choices that we make. That's what, that's what it's about. Because, because you have the desire to fix it, doesn't mean, what I'm saying here, doesn't mean that you need to lose that desire. I suppose where I'm going with this is, we all are in possession of empathetic listening skills. We all are. We all are. We all have, uh, to a degree, the ability to be empathetic, the ability to empathize, and that's to feel what somebody's experiencing. You can feel it. I'm not talking about sympathy, which for me is standing on the outside looking in and you recognize they're in pain and you're like, oh, that's really bad. Um, empathy is, I feel your pain. I feel, I feel as bad as you do or as much as I can within my own experience. You see, having empathy can assist you or go, in, go a long way to you being able to support someone but the name of the game is, guys, you have to take your hands off. You have to not try to manipulate and to try to control. That's the biggest thing. You know, you cannot be the fixer for the fixee. They have to be able to identify what they want. And this is what I mean by you can be empathetic. You can assist and support them. But you can only assist and support them once they've told you what they want. Now, many people, many people will say they don't know, but that's not true. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. There are actually, there are actual times, and I really do mean this, where you've got to run it down for somebody. And when I say run it down, you've got to tell them what you're seeing. 
But you need to let them know, seriously, that I'm seeing this. Now, I don't know if it's so because really and truly, I don't know what's going on inside your head. I don't know what's going on for you. But what you are projecting out for me, for me, my experience of what you are projecting out for me is this, 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 and this. And sometimes when you're able to run it down for somebody or you're able to express it that way to somebody, you're able to mirror back to them things that they know about themselves. And then as a result, they are literally able, and I mean literally able, to make decisions based on what has been mirrored back to them. And not you saying, you know, well, you need to do this, 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 and this, 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 and this, blah, 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 blah. You need. Perhaps the wording might be, have you considered? And even then, because that for me is an extrinsic question, it doesn't allow somebody to go inside on that magical carpet ride and think about things. So, guys, where I was going with this is simply, is simply it's, it's about changing your, your dialogue. It's about changing your dialogue. Be empathetic and recognize that in your empathy, you can support somebody, but don't tell them what to do. You know, I hear so many um, uh, people, and invariably, it's mums, because that's primarily who, who I deal with in my clientele base. But not, not only, but I hear so many people talking about um, what it is that their kids should do, and their kids are grown. <laughs> their kids are grown. Their kids aren't children anymore. They're grown. I'm talking about grown people. And I hear maybe they should do this. I think they should do this. And um, they need to uh, get their, 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 their money together so that they can budget and blah, 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 blah. And this and, you know, um, you know the people who they're running with, it, it's time for them to stop this. You know, it's kind of crazy. They're 35 and they're still in this sort of like party scene and party mode. They really need to um, grow up and, you know, all this sort of stuff. Well, I'm going to be generous and say, okay, fine. You get to have those feelings and that, um, that expression because you're their parent. However, you don't get to put that on your child. I don't care how old they are. Well, that's not true. After a certain age, after the age of majority, I'm going to say 18, you don't get to put that on your child. You see, coaxing, cajoling, pleading, blackmailing, demanding, telling, bargaining, even um, talking to God, even talking to God about the people you love, doing your right thinking, bidding, more often than not doesn't help. You see, the other thing is, people have to be open. They have to be open to receiving what it is that you have to say. You let it be known. Come to me. Come to me. You come to me if you have a question, call me. If you have a question, call me. And I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm going to listen to you. 
I'm not going to tell you what to do, but if you come to me, I will tell you what I think. And what I think shouldn't be confused with me telling you what to do. You see, again, we have this idea that we can fix people's lives, you know, miraculously. But again, everybody's on their own journey. Everybody's having their own experience. Everybody is here for a purpose. And their purpose is to get to their purpose. The journey of life is about you getting to your purpose. And if you are blessed to figure that out, then your journey is living your purpose. And living a purposeful life doesn't mean that you are going to be, I don't know, um, a rock star. Living your, living your um, purposeful life doesn't mean that you're going to be, you know, prime minister, president. Living your purposeful life doesn't mean, you know, you're going to be um, Steve Jobs, you know, I don't know, what's his name, um, Bill Gates, uh, Warren Buffett, um, you know, uh, whoever. It doesn't mean that kind of spotlight. Living your purpose could literally mean that you are the hand that rocked the cradle, that helped the child to mold itself, that helps the adult to connect to self, that becomes the person who changes the world. This could be part of your purpose. This could be part of whomever is in your life's purpose. See, one of the questions, and I keep saying this, every time, every time I come on the radio or the podcast, and I, 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 I say this, and I really, I really am at some stage, I'm going to phrase it this way, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to talk about um, being able to have an intrinsic dialogue. Having an intrinsic dialogue with yourself is really important. Having an intrinsic dialogue or having an intrinsic dialogue conversation with somebody is paramount. Actually, both of them are. Because an intrinsic, having an intrinsic dialogue allows you to talk to yourself and other people in such a way that they are not looking at their experiences to find an answer, but they're going within to find the answer. They have to go within. Because the answers to your life, the answers to all the questions that you have in life, all the problems that you have in life, the solutions, everything is inside of you. You know, guys, sometimes you will have something that will be insightful. Insight. Insight is information that comes to you from sources unknown. How in the heck do I know that? How in the heck do I know that? Where did that come from? And even as you start looking Um, through the catalog, the mental catalog of your past experiences, you can't find anything to validate or anything that you could make this, this Herculean leap to say, this happened, so this is how I got here. Your life 
as I always say, is an inside job with an external manifestation. And as a result, everything that you need and everything that everybody else needs is within. If you are truly wanting to help somebody get through hard times in life, number one, ask them what they need. Number two, don't assume that you know what's right for them. Number three, don't tell them all about themselves. They already know this. Number four, have detached involvement. And what I mean by this, detached involvement, don't allow your emotions as much as possible, and I'll qualify as much as possible, don't allow your emotions to dictate what comes out of your mouth. See, number six, see the person for who they are and how, where they are in life. And what I mean by that, number six is meet them where they're at. Don't meet them where you want them to be. Meet them where they're at. And find out if where you are wanting them to be is where they really want to be. And you see, based on that, you can then make a decision as to whether or not you want to keep these people in your life, you want to keep this person in your life, whether you want to take a different approach, whether you just want to allow it to unfold. You get to choose because you are a part of the equation. If what's going on is going on, you are part of the equation. Number seven, and again, this is something I really, I'm going to address, is the ability to have an, an intrinsic dialogue. And a twin, an, an intrinsic dialogue is predicated on the question, what are, what are you wanting? What are you wanting for your life in this moment? What are you wanting to experience? What are you wanting to accomplish? What are you wanting to change in your life? What are you wanting to heal? What are you wanting to feel? What are you wanting to know? This is the backbone of an intrinsic dialogue. But you see, people will say, how are you going to change your life? How are you going to have a different experience? How are you going to hear something different if you don't? Why don't you do this so you have that experience? Why are you doing that? Why are you wanting that? Why don't you do this? If you continue to do this, that is going to happen. Or if you continue to do this, I am going to do. That's not intrinsic. And again, you want people inside thinking. And again, everybody is whole, they're capable and complete. What people need is support. They don't need to be told what to do. 
That being said, they may come up with what it is that they want, but they don't actually know how to get there. You might have that expertise to assist and support them in getting from where they are now, and this is a real coaching phrase, but getting from where they are now to where it is they say that they want to be. You might have that skill. And so from there, you can assist and support them even more. Many people will say based on the, many people will say that they don't know what they want. And as you've heard me say on this show numerous times, sorry guys, no offense, but you're lying. If people tell you they don't know what they want, they're lying. They may not want to articulate it. They may not know how to articulate it. They may not actually have given it any thought per se and, and all, the, all these reasons. But they know what they want. As I say to the ladies in Shaytree, you know, what, what is it that you're wanting? And, you know, they'll give the, the usual, you know, they'd like to get out of here, have their own place, have their own space, etc. And my thing is, long-term view, what are you wanting beyond that? What, what do you want to happen beyond that? And they're like, I don't know. You know, I just don't know. I just want to get out of here. Well, this is how many of us live our lives. And there's nothing wrong with that because, of course, we're told be in the moment, be in the now. That being said, what you do now is the thing that your future is going to be based upon. So you need to know what you're doing in the now because the now is indicative of the future. What you do in this next minute will determine what goes on in the minutes that, uh, that, that come after that. And it's important to understand. Living in the now doesn't mean that you are doing nothing other than showing up. Living in the now literally means that you are doing your inspired work. You're taking right action. You're doing inspired action for what it is that you are wanting to manifest in your life. So that being said, people will say that they don't know. And um, uh, as I say, point blank, this is who I am. You're lying to me. You're lying to me. That's a lie. And I have heard this. I cannot tell you. If I, if I had a dollar for every time I heard this, Dr. D, Dr. Wendy, you, no, you don't understand. No, baby, you don't understand. You see, I know you know what you want. I also know that getting to it can be a challenge because of all the emotional fallout, all the emotional chaos, all the emotional turmoil that you're going through, I know getting to it can be tremendously difficult. It can also be really scary. Because you see, when you clarify that you know what you want, you have just put yourself on notice. You have just locked yourself into a particular energetic stream. You can't swan about anymore saying, I didn't know or I don't know. Or I don't know why this is happening to me. Or I don't know this. You, you can no longer say that. Well, you can. But it's not true. Folding in your life, whatever is happening to you in your life, 
And again, guys, I'm not condoning anybody's bad behavior. I'm not condoning anything that has been perpetrated against you, your person, against your family, against your children, your husband, your wife, your spouse, your family, your country, your people, your, your earth, animals. I'm not condoning anything. But what I'm saying is that your choices in life and what manifests as a result of the choices that you make is showing you something. It's taking you on your journey. And so, yeah, you know what it is that you want and what you don't want. And as a result of that, your life will unfold. People, as I said, will say, Dr. D, you don't understand. I don't know what I want. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that you do. So if I ask the question to you guys, to you guys listening to this podcast, what are you wanting for you in this moment? Many people will say, I don't know. And I've just called you a liar because you do. No, Dr. D, you don't understand. I don't know. Well, here's what we're going to do. This is really simple. Tell me or write down what you don't want. What don't you want to experience in your life? You know, when people people have a list, you, I ask that question, oh, my God, it's on. It is absolutely on. I ask that question, <laughs> people are like, they can tell me, oh, I don't want this, I don't want that, I don't want that, and it just goes on. And what I do is smile. I meet people where they're at. That's what I do in life. I meet people where, they at, where they're at, and I smile. And I say, do you realize you have told me what you want? And sometimes people look at me and they're like, what? What what pipe are you smoking? What? And then I break it down. I run it down. You've told me that you want to be in a loving relationship. You've told me that you don't want to be in financial straits all the time. You've told me that you want to have good health. You've told me that you want to have wealth. You've told me that your desire is to help other people. You've told me that you don't want to live in substandard housing. You've told me that you don't want to live in, in this big old mansion. You've told me that you, you've told me all these things by telling me what you don't want. You have told me what you do want, which tells me that you know what you want for your life. This is intrinsic thinking. This is intrinsic thinking. Flipping the script. You know, you've had this horrendous experience and many people, the older you live, or excuse me, the older, the longer you live, is the more that this is a truism will be a truism. The longer you live, is the more you'll see, is the more you will understand and the more experiences that you will have. And some of these experiences are not nice. Some of these experiences have the the ability to take you under and bury you if you choose. Some of these experiences have the ability to have you um, create for yourself some 
um, dissociative disorders where you detach from life. You show up when you want to. You plug in when you want to. Some of those things have the ability to appear to be soul-crushing. Well, as Olivia is always saying, it's really important to decode what your experiences are showing you. And once again, your experiences are showing you something because of choices that you have made. You have you may have said to yourself, I want to be a stronger person. I am a stronger person. Or I am going to be a stronger person. I am wanting to be a stronger person. And as a result, you have an experience in life that tests that to its fullest extent. That tests your strength to the fullest extent. That has you saying to yourself, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to get over it? How am I going to get under it? How am I going to do this? It tests you to the full extent of who you are. And one of the things that is true, and it is my belief, that the universal creator known to me as God, whomever your chosen deity is, will never give you more than you can bear. That doesn't happen. You see, the universal creator known to me as God, the divine spirit, whomever, whatever term suits suits your purpose, isn't out to break you isn't out to break you. In actual fact, it's the other way around. Universal spirit known to me as God or whomever your chosen deity is, is here to assist and support you and to help make you. But as I said when I started out the show, we all get choice. We all get to choose how we use life we all get to choose how we use life and how we, how we grow. But for the most of us, or for most people, we allow life to use us. And I've been guilty of that. And when, when life uses us, invariably we don't like it. Because there's that intrinsic thing within us, that, that thing within us that lets us know we are here for a purpose. As I said before, we are here so that we can write something in our page in the book of life that belongs to us. Can we help people go through hard times? Yes, we can. Is the process easy? No, it's not. It's not. But one of the biggest things is, is to ask people, how can I help you? And really mean it. You don't ask them, how can I help you? But you have um, a, 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 a hidden agenda of pulling them in, 
getting them comfortable so you can spring on them what it is that you feel they must do. Change your dialogue. Many people have issues because people think they know what somebody's thinking. And as a result, they will tell them what it is that they're thinking. We're having a conversation and you tell me what I'm thinking. When I've just said X, you're telling me that I said A and B. Because you feel this is what I'm thinking. No, that's what you are thinking. Don't tell me what I'm thinking. And don't tell me what I said. And above all, don't tell me what I'm feeling. Because you don't know. You see, there's a part of us that nobody will ever know, no matter how close you are. You can be twin flames, spiritual flames, twin flames that have incarnated. Within that, everybody is unique. There are no two raindrops that are the same. There are no snowflakes that are the same. With all the grains of sand on the face of this earth, there are no two grains of sand that are the same. And so it is with us. So it is with us. So can you help people if they want to be helped? There are some people who don't want to be helped. And they don't want to be helped because they know that they don't need this type of help and or they understand that the pathway that they are taking, they're choosing it. Would it be what you choose for them? Believe me, as I look back on my life and um, family members in my life, I see pathways that they have taken that, that I, I mean, it, it, it makes me feel emotional now talking about it, that I wouldn't even dream for them. Because it is painful for me to watch. And I know they're having their share of pain based on conversations that I have. It's not my right to interject in that journey. It's not my right to, to, to try and fix it. Been there, done that. And it really backfires. So it's not my right. So sometimes when we're sitting on the sidelines watching we need to allow and let go. The other thing that I want to say in regard to um, helping people, there are people that will say to me, oh, oh, I'll pray for you. And I'll tell them, no, don't pray for me. You pray for you. And sometimes people are a little offended. No, 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 sis, I'll pray for you. No. See, who I want praying for me are people who understand, who understand what prayer is. I want people who, who understand, if, if you're um, Christian-based, I want people to understand the meaning of you pray, you pray from the end. You pray from the end, not the beginning. You pray from the end. For people who are 
um, spiritual or metaphysical base to understand you pray from the end. So where I'm going with this is you can assist and support people, loved ones, without ever saying a word actually to them. But you can say words for them. You can affirm for them. You can pray for them. But not pray, begging, cajoling, pleading, bargaining with the universal creator known to me as God's spirit, the God within, the goddess within, whatever. Whatever floats your boat. Not coaxing, cajoling, pleading, begging, bargaining. No. If you see someone that you love and it is in your guesstimation, your your opinion, which counts for you, that they are not happy, that they are, they're afraid or that they're not experiencing life or that they're sad or um, that they're confused. You can say the words to them. You don't have to try to physically unconfuse them. You don't have to try to physically fix them. You don't have to try to make them happy. But you can hold within your mind, within your heart, and I really mean this, You can hold the vision of them being whole, capable, complete. You can hold within your heart and within your mind the vision of their happiness, not yours, their happiness. You can ask the universal creator known to me as God. You can ask, or should I say, you can give thanks to God, that they have found, that they are looking for, and that they are happy. You can do it that way. You pray from the end, and the end is saying thank you. Saying thank you with clarity for that which it is that you want to manifest. But you say thank you that it has manifested before you can see in its tangible form. Getting off on a different track here, words are the most powerful things that you have. Words are a tool that people, I suppose because we speak, and we speak all the time, we don't even recognize how powerful our words are. Words are the most powerful tools that we have, or one of the most powerful tools that we have. You see, by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will condemn yourself. You justify, and you condemn yourself, because what happens is, through your words, through the things that you speak, you speak into existence, it it impacts you. It impacts you, and the impact can be good or bad. You will justify yourself, or you will condemn yourself. Words are one of the most powerful tools that we have. And yet, and yet, we use them so 
cavalier. We're, we're, we're really cavalier when we use them. We, we're, we're careless as well, actually, when we use them. And it's my personal belief is because we don't actually understand the power. But should people um, step back and look at their life with detached, detached involvement? If they step back and look at their life with detached involvement, with a serious dose of honesty and authenticity, they'll step back and you'll be able to see this and this and that, that and that happened as a result. And here I am today. Here I am today. Can you help your loved one get through hard times? Yeah, you can. Same way they say you you can take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. The same thing applies. You can't drag people through their hard times. You can't. You better be careful that they don't drag you under um, as they go under too. You can't drag people through your hard times. And speaking of which, that saying that, when you become, and this is something that I am definitely guilty of, when you become too embroiled, too enmeshed in what other people are choosing for themselves, and it's not what you would choose for yourself because it happens to be an inconvenient, an inconvenient choice, or you can see what's coming down the road and how you are going to be impacted. When you become enmeshed like that, it has a toll on you. It's like that phrase, um, oh, I, I don't know if I can pull it up here. It, it, it's, it's like that phrase, you know, um, let's see if I can find it. Um, let's see if I can find the phrase. Just bear with me a hot second, guys. Okay, it's like this phrase. I don't know where it comes from. It's purported to be a a Buddhist teaching, a Zen teaching. I don't know where it's come from. Uh, But that being said, um, it's like holding on to anger. Holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. So, you know, we, we we can have this thing where we want so much what we want for somebody else. But they don't want it. And as a result of us wanting and we're trying and we're twisting and we're turning and we're trying to figure it out, how we're going to make this work, how we're going to do this, we're strategizing and all all this jazz. As a result, people are going on on their merry little way. They're doing what they're doing in life. And here we are doing all of this. We're drinking this poison and we're expecting them to do what we want them to do. And in reality, we are the ones who are going to die because we're taking in this poison. We're taking this on and it becomes toxic in our lives, actually is what I'm saying. It becomes toxic. And as a result, we become ill. And again, hear me clearly, guys. I am guilty. If I said, everybody get in line who's done this, I would be at the head of the queue. I'd be at the head of the line. So taking people through hard times, no, you can't. Can you help them? Yes, but be careful of the help that you're giving. 
Make sure it's the help that they are wanting. Because if it's not the help that they are wanting, but yet still you are giving it, the backlash is going to be on you. Being angry and drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. You are the one who will be impacted. So there are many, 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 many Sorry, guys, I just had some water. There are many, many, many moving parts to this. But above all, you need to know what they want. You need to know if they want your help. And if they say yes, to the extent, to what extent do they want help? The other token to this is that in giving help, when people have said that they want help, it's really important not to let people abuse you, take advantage, as we say in the UK, take the piss, wind you up. It's really important not to do that. And again, it's choice. That's choice. It's really important not to allow people to, as I say, my phrase is treat you any which way other than how you want to be treated. That's choice. If getting them through a hard time means that you have have to set yourself up for abuse, then that's the wrong kind of help. Getting them through a hard time means that they are going to steal your life force, steal your money, steal your energy, steal your time to the point where, as I said a little while ago, it impacts you and your health, then you need to do something different. You need to do something different. And that difference could be, I've got to cut you off. For my health, for my sanity, for my sake, so I can get through this hard time that I have created because I wanted to help you and I could see the potential in you that you could not see in yourself. I have to cut you off. Because I have just now buried myself under all this crap that all I wanted to do was help you. Well, you see, the name of the game with that is Know what it is that somebody wants help with. And how much help do they want? How much help do they want? You, it's your job if you're going to be helping somebody to keep reconnecting with that. Is there something more that I can actually do for you? And you have to connect with yourself and be honest. Is there something more that I really want to do or have I done enough? As I said when I started the show, guys, at um, the top of the hour, about an hour and ten minutes ago, whatever, everybody here is having their own experience. Everybody. Everybody is here for a purpose. Our lives cross 
and our lives touch. There are people who we will walk this journey called life with for the rest of our lives. And there are people who will float in our lives as, um, uh, what's his name, Tyler Perry is, says, or for me is quite famous for saying that, you know, people are here for a season and they're here for a season. And that season literally might mean all four seasons or it might mean the spring, the summer, the winter, or, or the fall of your life. They're here for a season. They're here for, you, for a season. And they'll move in it, and they'll move out of it. And that's the same with you. For some people, it's harder than others. And for some, it's easy. The transition is really easy. You know, you you realize something will happen and you realize, you know, weeks gone by or, or months gone by or what have you. And you haven't actually thought about the person until somebody brought it up. You might have heard that name a hundred times on TV, on radio, but it's never come up until somebody's actually di- actually directed a question at you. And you thought, oh, my gosh, I haven't even really thought of them. There is in our life, or as it says in Ecclesiastes, um, I think uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. And that is so true. There's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted. There's a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. You'll have a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend or and or tear. A time to rend or a time to sow. A time to keep silent, guys. And a time to speak. In our lives, there's a time to hate and a time to love. There's a time of war and a time of peace. This is life. This is life. And when we go to help people, it's important to remember that life has its antithesis. You have the good and the bad and everything in between. This is life. It's the universal laws of polarity, the universal law of opposites. All of these come into play. You know, there's, there's a time to, to heal and a time to break down, a time to build up. There's a time for things in your life to die, including you. There's a time in your life for you to plant things and then a time for you to reap that which you have planted. This is life. So when you say you're going to help somebody, what? are they in their life? What 
season are you showing up as in their life? What season are they showing up in in your life? What are they here to show you? What are they here to show you about you? There is, and this is true, a time to love. And there is a time to hate. And guys, hear me clearly. Without hate, you can't have love. Without war, you can't have peace. This is the universal laws. This is the spiritual laws. This is God's laws. Muhammad, Buddha, Krishna, whatever. This is the law upon or under which you are governed. And these laws are something that you can use for yourself. There's something that I said, the universal laws, the spiritual laws, the natural laws, they are for you so that you can make choices in your life that are in the best interest of self. Helping people, I think, is one of the most admirable traits that we all have. The ability to assist and support and help each other. Whether it's because they're going through a bad time or because you're going through a bad time. To help, I think, is one of the most admirable traits that people have what actually comes a little higher on the scale for that for me is the ability to receive help an authentic help because when you actually are helping somebody and or they are helping you And everybody is doing this the right way. And in my opinion, and this is just Wendy's opinion, it's done in an authentic way. In an intrinsically authentic way. Everybody wins. You see, if you show up in truth, in your truth, then you have given me permission to show up in mine. That being said, guys, when you show up in truth and you're trying to help somebody, when they show back up in truth, it might not be what you expected it to be. They might be showing, where I'm from, they say, they might be showing their behind. And you're like, oh my God. But that's their truth. And you have given them permission to show up who they to show up in all their authenticity. And it's hard, guys, not to not to have a, a, a yardstick to measure people by. It's hard not to have preconceived thoughts. It's hard. Um, it's hard not to not to not to have all those things in place. But what I would encourage you to do, what I would ask you to think about what does it look like, feel like, sound like, or even smell like or taste like, engage all your senses. What does it look like, feel like, sound like, smell like, taste like for you to 
show up and be absent the judge. Be absent the judge. What does it look like for you to withhold judgment, for you to be engaged but detached, present but detached from a preconceived um, outcome that you may be looking for? Detached but involved in a way where you are not judging the person for who they are and how they're showing up. Now I'm going to say to you, this is something that I practice. Do I always hit the mark? Uh-uh. <laughs> Sometimes not even remotely. Do I work on this? Yes, I do. Because I recognize that when I show up, absent the judge, absent judgment in the way. Now, I can judge. Let me just say this. I can judge things because this is who I am. I need to make my judgment based on who I am and how I think this is going to impact me. But when I say absent the judge, judging and condemning you, perhaps that might be a better way to phrase it, condemning you for the choices that you have made, uh uh-uh. No, no. I know you made those choices based on you having whatever. You made those choices based on the best information that you had at that moment in time based on what was going on. So it was the best thing for you at that moment in that time. And I respect that. I respect that. And as a coach, as a choice expert, I respect that because I know that The next choice that you make will be a choice that will build upon that which you say that you want. You're never stuck. You're never stuck. So, guys, again, it's vitally important to understand that um, you show up authentically. And you show up and you are doing You are supporting people. You're not telling them what to do. You're supporting people. You are telling them what you need. Because, again, it's not about you being a doormat. It's not about you um, being angry, drinking the poison, and expecting them to die. It's not that scenario. So you tell them what you want. You have your boundaries and and your parameters. But you're showing up. You're showing up authentically. And the backlash is that they... It looks like they derail or whatever it is that they're doing. It looks the total like, oh, my God, what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. They're showing you who they are. And what do you say? You say thank you. And you move on. You say thank you, you move on. If you are hurt, if you are wounded by this, then you then take care of you. You withdraw so that you can take care of you. You withdraw so that you can build you up. You withdraw so that you can reconnect with yourself at an authentic level. You may also want to ask, what is this really showing me? 
It could be showing you stuff about things that you thought you have dealt with in counseling and this and that, and you thought you'd gotten over, and you realize this is stuff from childhood, or this is stuff from when I was, you know, in my teens, or this is stuff that happened the other day that I thought that I was over, and blah, 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 and it's showing you something, and you say, thank you, universe, thank you, God, I've got it. You cannot control anybody outside of yourself. And most of us don't even realize how much control we can have over self. As Olivia is always saying, you know, we're, not, we're never really taught that. We're actually taught the antithesis. But the fact is that the universal law, the universe, the universe has been created in such a way that you can't have one without the other. You know, if, 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 if you don't have a war and um, warring energy, how will you know what peace is? If you don't have turmoil in your life, um, going on in your life, how will you recognize tranquility? And this is why, you know, people will say ad nauseum. I mean, I'm sure they must be up chucking all, all the time. I'll say to them, you know, if you don't know what love is, how will you know it when you see it? That being said, in order for you to know love, you have to understand what the antithesis of that is like. And most people do. Most people know what it feels like not to be loved. Most people know what it feels like not to be, they feel, what most people know what it feels like to be unloved. So they know the antithesis. Most people have experienced at levels of, and I'll say levels of dislike, Levels of dislike that could border on hate. Most people in their lifetime have experienced that. And so in order for you to know what it feels like to be liked, you have to know what that feels like for self. The antithesis or or the polarities or the opposites in life, those universal laws, what they teach us or what they're there to do, as I said, I want to say earlier this year, on a show earlier this year, what they're there to do is to really give us a contrast and parallel and or a marker of how far we have come. If you are in a room and you are trying to walk and there are no walls in the room, there is no furniture in the room, there's nothing but space, and you're walking, you have no reference point of how far you have come. This is why people who are lost in the desert, yeah, in the desert, thank you, people who are lost in the desert and it's just them and the sun and the sand, unless they are able to literally tune in and mark the sun, they'll be walking and they won't know how far they've come and they'll find out that they have been walking in circles. You need reference points. And those hard times that you're going through or you're, you're hoping to help people through, they're reference points. Also keep that in mind. So, guys, I could go on and on and on and on and on, but I'm not. I'll just say this. It's wonderful to help people. Ask them what help that they are really wanting. 
And if you are able to assist and support in that fashion, then do so. When you find that what you are wanting is overshadowing what they are wanting and or you are experiencing resistance and this could form it in any way of people saying they're doing things that they, that they don't do, um, they could start getting snappy with you, they can start ignoring your calls, they can start doing all, all, all this sort of stuff. When that happens, recognize that um, what you are doing to help, help, even if they might have said it, isn't true, and it's no longer being helpful. It's no longer being helpful. Meet the people where they're at. Meet them where they're at. You can say words for where you would like them to be, and if it's happy, make sure when you say the words for them, you give thanks that they are experiencing their version of happiness. Because if you say words for them, if you affirm for them and you pray for them and you say that you want them to be happy um, like you know happiness to be, you are again putting what you want on them and that's not their life. That's not their life. Our journeys are individual journeys. We all have our own page in the book of life and only we can write in that book. The key to helping someone isn't so much about what you do for them, but it's about how you show up and be authentic for you and for them. And so on that note, guys, I am Dr. Wendy Dearborn. You have been listening to an episode of My Life, My Choice right here on Blog Talk Radio. We have, or I have, been talking today about how do we help um, the people we love through hard times in life. And I'll say, yes, help them, but make sure that it's the right kind of help. And be sure that you're helping yourself in this process. Until next time, guys, I'll be off here um, next week, and I should be back. What's next week? Today's the 13th. I should be back on the 27th. So until next time, guys, I'm Dr. Wendy Dearborn. Have an awesome day. Keep doing what you're doing. And attractioners, recognize you are living. You are living under grace. You are living within the laws. Use the universal laws of attraction to create what you want. Recognize that choice. Everything that you do in life is choice. You make a choice and you have a reaction. Choices are actions and reactions. The more emotions that you attach to your choice will be indicative of the beliefs that you have. That you believe, that which you believe is the thing that you receive. And until next time, guys, I'm going out on um, Spirit the Dub. Peace. Love you, Joe.